Karen and Helen are business partners who live in Sydney on the east coast of Australia. They started their design business, McRae and Lynch Designs, after graduating from full-time study at the Design Centre Enmore, where they first met. Over the years, their business evolved from a small part-time suburban design team whilst they were bringing up their families into their well-established and successful design company that it is today. Over the years, the girls have guided and assisted hundreds of people in achieving fabulous results with their new builds or renovations. And recently, they have begun packaging their wealth of experience into an online course for people just like me who are about to embark on a full home reno with having no experience in the building and design industry. Now, I've spoken to lots of solo business owners but it was time that I invited Karen and Helen onto the podcast to share their journey as business partners. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses, I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Welcome to another episode of the She's in Business podcast. Today, we have the lovely Karen and Helen. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. I would love for you to start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your business journey. Now, you've got a a business together, so it'll be interesting to hear each of your sides on how that kind of came about, but also to learn a little bit more about what your personal life is like. I know you're both mums and share a little bit of that with us too. Sure, absolutely. Do you want to talk about how we got together, Karen? Sure, (laughs) I can do that. Um, Helen and I met on the very first day of our interior design degree. I always tell this story a little bit different to Helen. I was running late, first day of lectures. There was no seats at the front of the class. I'm looking up the back and then this little hand pops up and it's Helen saying, come and sit with me. So From the very first day of our studies, we sort of became quite firm friends and did that degree together. But at the same time, the teachers, like as the years progressed through that, the teachers would put us together as well because we worked so well together. And then we took that after we graduated, Helen fell pregnant. 
and Helen's just a couple of years older than me, so she was a little bit ahead of me in the family journey. So I went off and worked with a team of architects for five years before having my first, but Helen and I on the side did little projects together and built our business up from there. So for us, studies was We've been in business now for nearly 25 years together. So it's been a while and it's been a great journey together. So that's how it started way back then. Yeah, that's a long time. It is a long time. (laughs) Scary. And Helen, is that your recollection of how things happened as well? Yeah, it is. To, To be honest, I don't really remember calling Karen over with the vacant seat. I think it was just one of those things you do. Sometimes you sort of see somebody looking for something and you step up and help. So it didn't that didn't stand out in my mind, but definitely I don't know what it is. I think we just seem to click together. We just seem to I don't know. Maybe we were. I think we were. We were, we were sort of you know had a connection somewhere back in a past life. Who knows? I don't know. We just seem to bounce ideas off one another, work quite well, and it's always been like that. So I guess. We're lucky in in that sense. And I think we kind of realised when we started a business together that it would work out. I think we both felt fairly confident that the synergy between us would work. Mind you, we had no idea back then what was involved in running a business and and what kind of stresses that would bring and, and all that sort of stuff. So we kind of did go in blindly. But I think we just had that support and that connection from the start, which I think was a good basis I think for what's what was to what's, come yeah what's to come and so what did come tell me about the business itself what is it that you guys do uh we're interior designers we're also currently studying building design so by the end of this year we'll cover all bases when it comes to home renovations new builds um we'll have those drafting skills all tied up by the end of the year but over the years we've done quite varied projects we've done residential commercial Medical, dental, hospitality. Even, hospitality. We even had a stint designing um, cruise ships for five years. So that's that was a whole lot of fun and a whole other story. But, yeah, so pretty much design and drafting. A lot of people think we're decorators where we pick the colours and the cushions and all the fluffy stuff. We do do that, but the main part of our uh, working day is designing and drafting, meeting with clients, meeting on site, meeting with builders, other architects, and working collaboratively with a team of people to bring people's homes and businesses to life. Sounds fantastic. And then what's the other side of life for you guys on the side of being mums? Tell me about that. Yeah, look, it's not always easy, as you would know. (laughs) We're both very fortunate to our partners are very supportive of us, so that's a big hurdle. And I think I know there's a lot of women out there that don't have that backup and support that would like to go into business and, and do their own thing. And that can be extremely limiting. In saying that, we both placed high importance on bringing up our families and being around for them. And that is purely our choice. I admire those mums that do leave their kids and have to leave their kids in care and want to focus on their business. That's equally as important. Whatever's important to you, you need to do because if you don't fulfill that, yeah, you, I think then it makes it very difficult to move forward in whatever field, particularly in a business. So for us, it was a slow burn and a slow growth and we knew that would happen. And But what it did for us is we, neither of us were satisfied with just being a mum. 
we still wanted to have the business aspect and still wanted to fulfill our careers and we enjoy doing what we do. And luckily for us, with the nature of our service-based business, we were able to do that. So we had a mix of working from home. Then we moved into, I had a granny flat at my place, so that became our first office. And then from there, we moved to Karen's sister's offices and shared a, a space in there. And it's kind of evolved to our studio now. And now really, it, we were ahead of our time <laughs> because working from home is, <laughs> was essentially something that we could do. And now it's open for a lot of other businesses, which is really, really good. You can do, yeah, I think women today can still be the mums and run their businesses, but it does obviously come at a cost to yourself. And I think if there's any bit of advice that I would give women starting up a business is you really need to look after your own needs and look after yourself as well as your family, because there are times when you are really burnt out and you become overwhelmed by all the hats, as you were saying earlier, that you have to wear being a mum and running a business. And for us in particular, both our husbands were working. So financially, there wasn't that pressure on us to make a whole lot of money. I think in the early days, we were keeping a foot in the door, developing our skills and slowly building it up. So I guess that's our journey and it's not the same for everybody. So, but I think first and foremost, you need to look after yourself and you need to really, there are going to be times in your business where we actually stopped altogether. There were periods where we were really intense with our kids. And, and like Karen said, I was a step ahead of her. So I'd have these moments, she would work for the architects. Then I think there was probably about two years where we kind of where that, that busy time overlapped and, and we didn't really... Um, we didn't take on too many projects because yeah, the kids were younger. We were yeah, yeah, preoccupied yeah, with families, but then we were able to pick that back up when things settled down a little bit. So and I think that's, that's another area where we're very lucky as partners to be able to be that flexible within... Because if you're at different, I guess, stages, drastically different stages... And family is an important thing to you and one's ready to move on and the other one isn't, I think that can also impact your partnership and relationship as far as business goes. Yeah, 100%. There was lots of things that you said there that I think are really important, like particularly the self-care stuff that you mentioned, because as you said, you have to be resilient as a business owner, but also as a mum too, you know, it can be so exhausting sometimes and prioritising yourself is really important. And I loved that you said that there were points in your business where you were just keeping your foot in the door, that it wasn't necessarily about growing the business or making stacks of money. It was just that you were keeping your foot in the door and keeping that career path open for yourselves for when life did get a little easier and the kids were a little bit older and needed you less particularly in the days before kids are at school, like it's really hard to manage your time and it becomes so much easier, doesn't it, when they're school-aged? So, yeah, and it's that understanding and that, like you said, the flexibility to go, well, right now I'm doing this, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be doing this forever. It's just a little bit of a bookmark. And I think that was really lovely that you mentioned that in there as well, because there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, sometimes to be able to wear all the hats and wear them all really, really well. And if you're a high achiever, which I think a lot of women in business are, it can be tricky to go, well, hold on, I can just slow this train down for a while. 
And that doesn't mean that I'm failing. It just means that actually I'm being really reflective and looking at what's going on around me and making sure that I'm living the best life for the moment that we're in. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's a longevity game, really. If you want to be in business long, you have, like you said, you just park that train for a little bit and then you know that you're still in the motions of moving forward. And if family is that priority at that point in time, well, so be it. You're always going to go back to it and keep your foot in the door like we did and keep moving forward. So when you guys are maybe back in this sort of the start of your business, and I'm sure like many, many times after being in business together 25 years, it would have happened a lot. But how do you create the vision for the future of your business when you've got two brains working together? How do you guys, what's your style of doing that? Well, in terms of vision, we always sit together and write write it down, put it down on paper, have those plans for you know, your two, your three, your five-year plan. We've always been a part of, we've always had a business coach or a business mentor that really makes you stop reflect, take some time away from the business because it's so easy to just working through the business, delivering our service. If you don't take yourself away from the business and write those visions down and then recently we've just done another two and five-year plan and Helen, Helen wrote hers down, I wrote mine, then we got together over a weekend, planned it out and then we also took that to our accountants and so put some figures around it as well because really business in the end, it's all about what's coming, what's going. And so we monetize the next five years and they're working towards those goals. So I think for us, it was key having coaches, mentors and time away from the business and putting it all down on paper and then stepping towards those goals for us. And then working together, I imagine that you would have different individual skill sets and Do you guys delineate those and go, well, this is your responsibility and this is my responsibility so that you can complement your skill sets and not kind of like step on each other's toes? How do you guys work that within your working relationship? Yeah, and we get asked this a lot and it's a really difficult one for us to answer because I think because we've been together so long and we've been on the whole journey from the start, like we literally met at uni to study what we do, our skill sets are very similar. And obviously we have different flares for things. You know, I might be better at some, when I say better, we're both good at what we do, but I might enjoy doing one particular aspect, say of drafting or something to do with our skill set. And Karen might be drawn towards another aspect. So but we don't delineate it, which is is kind of interesting for other people to hear. It's almost like twins. We've got this kind of mm-hmm. unspoken. It's weird. It just it falls into whoever's lap at the time is in the right position or the right headspace. Or it could simply mean a particular client is more drawn to Karen, and and we kind of without even verbalizing it or specifying who's doing what it would sort of naturally fall onto her lap and she would take over that particular project, which doesn't mean that I then I'm not helping in the background or contributing to that project in the background and the same thing with me. Or sometimes I might start a project and for some reason something happens, family issue or a trip or whatever it is, then Karen will step in and be able to pick up from there. So we kind of say the two heads kind of work <laughs> work together and I know that's not very helpful probably for your listeners but that's just the way things are for us other things like business wise I guess there's certain tasks that 
somebody might take over and do but it still doesn't mean to say that the other one like for example Karen and I'm doing what you did Karen I'm just continued on to the next sentence before I finished the last sentence because we pick each other up on these things it's and so I'm hard not for me to not add to it <laughs> so like for example Karen's doing a lot of the social media so she's good at that she has a flair for it she knows what she's doing so I just do what I'm told when it comes to social media. Helen, you need to do this. You need to do that. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But I don't need to learn. Like we've kind of thought, like, okay, both of us don't need to know all the ins and outs. But if it ever comes to a point where I need to step up and Karen needs to step back from that, I'll then, then Karen will teach me those skills. So we're very flexible in that aspect as well. I don't know if that's really answered your question or not. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the whole thing is that there's no one way to do things, is that? And so hearing the way that you guys work is really insightful and I think that it definitely adds value to our conversation. So I love that. If creating social media content is something that just really is not what you enjoy, then I want you to head over to donahan.com forward slash save time. Why? Because you'll get the done for you content ideas and Canva templates that are going to cut down the time it takes you to post content regularly, proactively, and with intention and purpose. So no more pulling out your hair, trying to think of what to write and wasting your time creating social media content when you could be doing something else. You'll be creating scroll stopping posts and stories with speed and ease in no time plus you're going to get a whole bunch of bonuses too so you'll get 50 content inspiration ideas you'll get 50 canva social media post templates plus you'll get a canva video tutorial that's me walking you through how to personalize the templates that i've designed for you so that it aligns with your business branding so that's going to save you even more time especially if you share that free tutorial with your team you can take total ultimate delegation there plus i'm going to give you 50 story templates because social media stories are so hot right now and i'm going to give you some really hot tips because that's my joke right really like as in real hype like tips for creating reels on social media i didn't deliver that joke very well at all but you get what i mean you're going to get some really simple free real tips to go along with that as well so all of that stuff you can grab for just 27 dollars. head to donahand.com forward slash save time now and start saving time on social media and you mentioned someone's not in the right headspace. Do you guys like, obviously you would be like sisters, I imagine, and like spending time with you as I have a few times, it is like being around two sisters that like answer each other's questions and finish each other's sentences and all of that kind of stuff, which is beautiful. When you notice that perhaps the other is feeling a little flat or maybe they're not even realising that they're burning themselves out how sometimes you're just so in your own space that you don't even see it do you guys is there that moment where you go hey you need to step back and like let me do this for a while like how do you guys support each other in that way because I'm just thinking like of people who are listening and who are maybe at the start of their partnership journey 
or midway through, what are the kinds of ways that you guys support each other? Because one without the other just wouldn't work, right? Don, when you were talking before about um, self-care, I think we take care of one another. And I think that's another reason it has worked so well. Like we both can walk into the office and say, I'm not feeling the best today or such and something's happened at home or extended family. And then the other one's then a little bit of wear and you might make get up. Well, can I get you a cup? It sounds silly. Like it's the little things. Like, can I get you a cup of tea? You just chill and do what you've got to do. And then no pressure on one another. Like if you're not in a good headspace and there's a deadline on, well, then we say to one another, how can I help you? Like you're not in the right headspace. We've got these deadlines looming. Let me help you. And we just support one another, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of like any relationship, really. It comes down to mutual respect. And we tuned in to one another. Like, oh, Karen will know if I'm in a mood or or I'll know if she's in a mood. I might not know why and she might not know why. And we kind of support each other. We'll back off if if we think, okay, they don't, don't want me to talk about it or whatever. But if it goes on for longer, like, for example, in lockdown, I was in a serious lockdown suburb so I was kind of stuck at home and worked from home and whatever and we had lots of zooms and stuff together but when I came back it was kind of I didn't I wasn't aware that I was in a weird headspace but Karen had picked up on that and kind of said you haven't been yourself and blah 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 and I went I feel all right like I don't feel like it's really affected me but it wasn't till kind of till I came out of that that I realized you know you were right I was in a weird kind of headspace and I know pretty much everybody else was as well but sometimes one is aware of what's going on when the other one isn't either but again like I said it's it's like that relationship thing you kind of you know when to back off it's like with your partner you know when to back off you know when to step up you have that kind of mutual respect and generally like we don't agree on everything we tend to agree to disagree. We might have debates about it and we might feel passionate about something, but at the end of the day, we don't try to convince the other one that we're right. Because that was going to be my next question is how do you you handle disagreements or differences of opinion to settle on that we'll agree to disagree? Like how does that work? I think differences of opinion makes you reflect on your opinion, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, as Helen said, we can agree to disagree, but then if it's something that you're really passionate about, then I think we tend to take a step back and, again, it's the respect for one another, reflect on it, might not agree on it, but then, as I said, it makes you reflect on your opinion and you might look at it slightly different. So it's just it's being aware and being sensitive to what the other person's opinion is and not thinking that your right and your way is the right way of doing things. And that doesn't mean that we don't have disputes or little like lovers tips what <laughs> of a better word we still have those and usually it's when both of us are aren't in the right headspace like if one's not feeling it the other one knows to back off but if we're both in that headspace then neither of us are in a position to know when to back off and we're both being sensitive and we're both being overreactive and then, you know, you might start to butt heads. But even then, it doesn't usually last for too long. It just sorts out where it's all forgotten and we pick up where we've left off. If there's anything serious or anything that lingers, then we generally, one of us will go, let's go for lunch. Let's let's go out for a drink. Let's talk about, like, take it out of the office because we do spend so much time 
together. Like quite often I'll say to my husband, I'll go to tell him something and I'll say, I've told you. No, 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 you must have told Helen that. So we do spend so much time together that, as Helen said, if we are butting heads at the same time, like we just, and then we do, we're aware of it. Let's take it out. Let's go out for coffee or lunch and then talk about it and then let's work through it. And because that was going to be my next question is like, do you separate work and socialising? Like, is that something that you kind of keep separate in that you guys know that you need that time apart as much as you need time together? Or are you like interlooped throughout each other's families and catching up on weekends as well as during the week at work? Not all. Well, not always. Like for milestones, like birthdays and whatever, definitely we hang out. We have a mutual group of friends that, you know, we used to go to the gym together and then lockdown came along and have coffees with. But Definitely not every weekend, like I said, milestones, because we do, we definitely do need that time apart. And then we need to reconnect with our families too on occasions because we are together so much that we need that little reprieve, not away from one another, but I guess just to soak up the other relationships in our life. Ours is so strong. Yeah. I guess it's like relatives, like having cousins or whatever, or maybe sister. I don't have a sister, I've got brothers, but it's kind of like, we have, like Karen said, we have our mutual friends and we socialise together with that. Then we have our own separate friends, like Karen has her close girlfriends and I have some as well. And we know each other's friends, but they tend to go out together with your husband and whatever. And then I have my group of friends. We still talk about it. So it is separate and it's kind of like you might catch up with your cousin once every so often and come together and enjoy each other's company with your extended family. It's the same with us. Sometimes I'll come together with Karen's group of friends that I've met through her and other times she'll, you know, hang out with my group of friends. So it's kind of, but we definitely, we might probably talk nearly every day on the phone or whatever. Um, We're with each other so much, but I think, yes, definitely appreciate time apart for sure. And do you guys have to safeguard your business for the future and also to give yourselves the personal opportunities? Do you have like an exit sort of strategy if, say, one of you decided that you didn't want to do it anymore and you wanted to step out of the business or something happened where there was a situation where through emergency someone had to step out of the business? Is there sort of some, I don't know, some plans that you have in place? I know that when I was in a um, partnership. Unfortunately, it didn't work out as well as what yours has. But I remember sitting opposite an accountant at the very beginning and they're like, you guys need to, I know you're all full of excitement and it's the beginning and you're planning and you're visioning, but you also need to have an exit strategy. And it was like, why are we planning the end when we're just at the beginning? But in the end, it was actually really sound advice. So do you guys have that? Is that something you've worked through? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no. In saying no, recently when we had the meeting with our accountant to talk about the, you know, the goals for the next few years, they did actually touch on that you go, girls need to start thinking about an exit plan. Yeah, because like it, it, well, it was pretty much when we because we were just sole traders in partnership for many many years, and then we set it up as a company, and I think that's when that kind of conversation came through but like yourselves we never really thought about it but I guess financially that it's all kind of tied up but yeah we kind of I don't we've, we've talked about it I guess but we haven't sort of set any specific plans I think we just think that it's all going to happen with it. and I think because 
people sort of say to us, oh, why are you studying again and why are you pushing forward with your business? And I think that's what Helen and I, we absolutely love what we do. So introduce another element to that. And so an exit strategy, we're like, oh, why? We're still. Yeah. Well, I guess I asked because like your kids are all kind of grown up now, right? And so the next chapter of life might be, look, planning for retirement and all of that kind of stuff. And what happens if one of you wants to retire before the other and then the other is left shouldering the whole business on their own and maybe that's not what they wanted or do you introduce a new partner at that time? That kind of stuff. Not that I expect you to actually answer those questions. It was just in my head. It has, we have discussed it. We have. And we're building a team at the moment because... Helen and I both love to travel, so we, and now that we're all out of COVID lockdowns, like we'd like to see more of that in our lives. So it's about building our team so we can step away and start putting those things in place and then eventually, eventually we'll be walking away from it. So hopefully by that stage we're in the building process of expanding the team so that the business can continue on or if someone wants to take it on. So, yes, at this late stage in our business partnership we're starting to put those things in place but i love that you said that you put that into place in the beginning because we never did no, so it's a really clever thing for people to do yeah yeah and so the next stage of business what does that look like for you because i know that you're as you said putting teams in place and there's possibility for a bit of an evolution tell me about what's the next chapter for you guys and your business okay so We are, because we work so hard and so many hours because we're doing all the things, the reason we're sort of setting a team into place is so that we can sort of step back, I guess, off the tool, so to speak, a little bit, still do the design, still oversee all of that, but then have a team doing all those things. We're not ready to completely let that go, our, you know, private clients. However, we now have created a course, an online course that, We've taken our 25 years of experience and knowledge and what have you and pulled that all together into a course because we've seen over the years a lot of the clients that come to us are quite overwhelmed when they're embarking on a renovation or a new build project. They don't know where to start. They don't know who to go to, whether it's a builder, an architect, a designer. They don't know if they need an interior designer. They're confused about what an interior designer actually does. And we can see that they're without some kind of guidance what's happening is people are entering into a building project and or a renovation and they're clueless or have a little bit of knowledge or a false understanding of what the process is because of all the renovating shows and everything which are great but it's not really reality even though it's marketed that way and what's happening is because it's such a big investment on their part they're losing money, like they're making costly mistakes. The project doesn't run smoothly because the the builder's being held up because they can't make decisions and they can't make decisions because they're uneducated in what, like they can't make informed decisions. So we've packaged up a course to guide people through that process. It's not teaching them how to design. It's not telling them what to do so much. It's more how to prepare themselves and to understand what the processes are and what each of the, I guess, professionals can provide for them and how that's important and what they need to do in order for their renovation to be successful. And so they avoid all these costly mistakes and issues that you hear of a lot of people. It's coming across and we're hoping that's going to, that we can kind of 
step back a little bit from the one-on-one clientele and then have that running in the background, which will free up our time. That's the main goal. Yeah, exciting. And like my ears are pricking up because that's what we're about to embark on is a pretty big renovation. And I know that I've spoken to you guys before going, I'm going to need your help because that is not my area of like in my head, I've got my vision boards and I've cut out bits of magazines and like, I know what I want, kind of, sort of, not. (laughs) What the course does is turns you into the perfect well-versed home renovator that when you approach a builder or an architect or a designer, that when they start discussing things with you, you're well-prepared, you've got documents in place and you'll have this great sort of vision and templates and information to hand to them and that like no questions asked you'll you'll know exactly where you're heading and be on the way to a successful renovation because you put all that planning and organization in place before you start the whole journey yeah and I can imagine that would just save so much stress as well as money as well yeah absolutely and it's it's also a good exercise in in helping you understand what you really want out of your renovation because you'd be very surprised how many people they think they know what they want but they don't really understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing. So we really try and bring that. It's basically what we do with our clients, Mm. bring that out of them, get them to really think about their project and then from there use that as a a guide throughout because it's not going to be all smooth sailing there's going to be decisions that need to be, you can't sort of sort everything out from the beginning. You can do as much as you can, but there's always going to be things that are going to come up that you're going to have to maybe change track a little bit, but not keep off the main goal. Um, you won't yeah. be stumped or tricked yeah. because you'll, yeah. you'll know how to handle that situation. When yeah. It comes up. yeah, because I downloaded one of your worksheets. I think it was around, it might have just been getting the overall vision of the renovation. I think it was it was that one. I've downloaded a couple. And I actually found it really helpful because, as you said, it's just a, like a series of questions of how do you want it to feel, what do you want it to look like, what functionality does it need to have, all of that kind of stuff. And it was really, really helpful. So how can, if people want to find out more information about those kinds of resources, discover more about what you guys are doing and follow along in your beautiful partnership, which we've talked about. Like, thank you so much for sharing so much of that. It's been just such an honest, raw conversation, which I really value. But yeah, share with us where people can find out information. Okay, we have a website and on the website, the online course sits. So it has like portfolio of what we do. The templates and downloads that you were just talking about, Don's, they're on there as well. So there's some free da- downloads there. We also have an Instagram and Facebook. So, but I'm guessing you'll put all those in the show notes. I will link all of those in the show notes so you don't have to reel them off. Thanks so much, ladies. Today's been a really, really nice chat. If there was anything that you would say to someone starting out in a partnership that has maybe never done it before, what would be your parting advice? Choose carefully. I know like people look upon us as best friends and we are, but it's a long-term, like you want that longevity in business, but be really, really careful. It's fun to go away with someone and be best friends with them and have a great idea that you may run a business together, but you have to have similar goals, family values, if that's part of the business as well. So there's a lot that goes into running, I think, being females running a business and you have to have very similar goals and values outside of the business as well as in the business. 
I agree. Yeah. I think it's a relationship essentially when you go into partnership with somebody in business, but you've also got the financial pressures right from the start, (laughs) not halfway through. So yeah, you need to, and also have respect for one another as well. And I guess maybe some opposites will work together depending on what the business is and what the tasks are involved. But like Karen said, you need to have a good understanding, similar values and be honest Mm. and upfront with one another. You can do that in a polite way without being rude. (laughs) And I think that's probably the key. And then you should be able to weather the storms when they hit. Ride the roller coaster that business is. (laughs) Yep. Thanks so much, ladies. It's been lovely chatting with you and um, I'm sure that everyone listening has got a lot of value out of it too. Thanks, Donna. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore S-I-B. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.